Welcome to Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. We give vitalistic chiropractors a chance to learn from the best around the world, discovering how they overcame their challenges and achieved success. In order for chiropractic to thrive, we must have thriving chiropractors. Now listen up, it's time to crush the curse. Hello, podcast listeners. I just wanted to give a little heads up that if you have not heard of our Transformers Mastermind Weekend, um, you'll hear a little bit of it later on this podcast. But if you're wanting to kind of break through to the next level and there's just something that's holding you back and you need a little bit more one-on-one time, we have a, a, an event we call the Transformers Mastermind Weekend. We do it in Toronto. And this year it's going to be on June 7th and 8th. And what we do is we only take in a maximum 10 people. We would di- dive deep for a day and a half. Um, if you want to get more information on that, go to www.trueconceptseminars.com and look for the Toronto Mastermind. So if you want to dive deep with me, Brandy McDonald, and Dr. Peter Kevorkian, check that out. Now get back to the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Underdog Curse for Vitalistic Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host. And today I get to uh, interview uh, a lovely lady who uh, we've actually been working with quite a bit over the last year or so. And uh, she's had some amazing growth in her practice and amazing growth as a human being. And 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 me and Brandy are so proud of her because she's been doing so awesome. And uh, we really want to share her story with everybody out there. So I'm going over to Nova Scotia, staying in Canada, eh? Take off, eh? Uh, With uh, Dr. Kelty Warren. Welcome to the podcast, my dear. Thank you. Really excited to be here. Um, we've had some. We've had a fun year in the last year because we, you, you've come to our event in London. You came to our Transformers event. You've been in our Vitality Shift and our Vitality Engine, and yeah. you came to Edmonton too, right, for Doctor Hall um, for his pediatric seminar. So, yeah. um, so you've been working your tail off this year. Yeah, it's been a really busy year. It's been a really good year, though. So I'm really excited about all the changes and all the things I've worked through and it's definitely coming through in the practice. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of work. But yeah, it's a lot of work. And, and I think that's why I really want you to be on the podcast because there's lots of people who I think they'll benefit from this story. So, um, so Dr. Kelty's, uh, she went to CMCC and she graduated five years ago. So she's a, a five year, five year out in, in practice. So uh, I always like to kind of get people that are in different phases of practice. And, and so, so this will be our, our kind of uh, like a teenager, like you're a teenager in practice, sort of. <laughs> you're a teenager. <laughs> days. Okay, I'll be a teenager. Yeah, we, we, we can say that because now we're getting longer in the teeth, right? Because I'm getting yeah. coming on 20 years, so I'm like the longer in the teeth, but you're like a teenager uh, chiropractor, so there you go. <laughs> Every time you guys say that comment, I'm just like, you guys are such farmers. Like, that's long in the teeth is all the horses. <laughs> when you look in their mouth I'm like, well yeah, that came from brandy and she grew up on a ranch so exactly so that's totally why so I'll, I'll 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 blame her on that one so so like i like to do with all my guests um i like to start from the beginning and and, and find out how did you even find out about chiropractic and then we'll kind of take the story from there sure um it's actually really funny so i always used to say that my story started when i was 15 um and then i heard you tell your story and it kind of reminded me actually that part of my story started when I was 12 and it was similar to yours. I had knee pain 
I was a basketball player. And ah. I had knee pain, and I would always wear knee braces and have to ice my knees after games and got really frustrated. And again, back then, who did you go see? You went and saw your medical doctor. And when they couldn't figure out what it was, and my family wasn't really much for pills, so they were just like, well, go to the orthopedics orthopedic surgeon. So we went to the orthopedic surgeon and at the age of 12, he's like, well, your kneecap's not uh, traveling properly in the groove. So we'll just go in and we'll surgically alter it. My mom and I were like, what? I'm 12. Like I'm not even finished growing yet. Like you, you want to give me surgery? Wow. And so we kind of just looked at each other and we're like, yeah, no, this is not. I'll just continue wearing my knee braces and icing and just play at whatever I can play. <clears throat> and then then when I turned 15, my mom got into a really bad horseback riding accident and she fell off the horse and she hit her head and we actually thought she'd broke her neck. Like she hit it in such a bad way. Mm. And when she stood up, like she could, she couldn't turn her neck. Like there was absolutely zero rotation either way. And so she went to a chiropractor and 15 visits later, it was like nothing happened. And I was like, Oh, what is this? This is so cool. And so she was really well-educated and she was like, Hey, you've talked about your daughter. Like you should bring your daughter in. And so same thing went in, my knees hurt. She's like, okay, sit down. I'm like, well, my knees hurt. She's like, well, everyone else has looked at your knees. We're not gonna look at your knees. I'm gonna look at your spine. I'm like, all right. So mom says, sit down. So sit down. And so I start getting adjusted. And like a month later, my knees stopped hurting. I was like, but you've never touched my knees. And so at that <laughs> point I was like, I'm going to be a chiropractor. I have no idea what it is but I'm going to be a chiropractor because this is so cool. <laughs> and then of course she was super well educated and she educated my mom, didn't tell me much. And she said like, you should keep coming cause it's good for you. And so my mom and I were like, all right. So I kept going. And within like six months, like my depression started to lift my concentration in school started getting better. And like, I was like, this is really weird, but all right. <laughs> and I kind of fell off track here and there. Um, and then it wasn't until I was 21, like your typical, like I didn't know why I was supposed to keep going and my mother had gone away and I went to university. So I kind of fell off track and uh, started, then I got really injured, went back to another chiropractor. And finally, at that point, I had told myself I was too stupid. I wasn't going to be a chiropractor. Um, but I went in and saw this guy and I told him that it had been my lifelong dream to be a chiropractor, but I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't getting the grades in university. And he finally explained chiropractic, like brain body connection, how everything works. And like this light bulb went on and then he sat me down and he was like, get your ass back to class. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, it's okay. You can say that. I can say that. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> like, ass back to class. You're going to be a chiropractor. And I was like, Oh, so I did. And, uh, that was in my, what year was that in? I was in second year university undergrad. And uh, so I finished three more years of undergrad and then uh, went off to CMCC. That's cool. I hoped to go somewhere else, um, but I got married three months before going to school and my husband stayed here. So our first four years of our relationship was long distance. So I wasn't about to go any further away for school. Yeah, no doubt. And so, and, and, and is that why you picked CMCC? Like just because it was closer? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so when you went to CMCC, um, how, how was that? How was that when you first got there? Because were, were, would you say that you really had um, your mind wrapped around vitalist chiropractic before you went to school? Yeah, you did. And then, so, so how was that? Um, it was really interesting because that same chiropractor, um, like I attribute everything to him really because he was really good at being like, okay, Kelty, when you get to school, they're not going to talk like I do. 
they're going to tell you that we're just here to treat your pain. Um, anybody who practices like that is just stealing people's money. They're unethical. And I was like, geez, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> but as soon as I walked in, I was like, oh my gosh, he's right. Like everybody here just kind of wants to be a medical doctor. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? Like this is topic. So I kind of came in like guns a blazing since day one. Yeah. Um, it actually helped me make one of my really good friends in school because she had had a very similar experience where she was from a vitalistic chiropractor and she came to school, but they didn't really warn her. And so when she got there, like there was, we were in small group one day and she ended up in tears. Yeah. Mortified. Was just like, were just like berating her for her quote unquote belief system in chiropractic. And I just got angry. And I was like, this is ridiculous. This is unprofessional. I went up one side of them and down the other. And I was like, you have no right to make a student cry about what she believes. We became really good friends after that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so crazy. I, I know Brandy had heard a, a, a story of a chiropractor. She went to CMCC and same sort of thing, but she never got warned when she went. And then, so she thought that her chiropractor was totally unethical and didn't speak to her chiropractor for like four or five years afterwards yeah, until... Until she kind of came back around and went, oh my God, I just like, they just kind of like, kind of brainwashed you or just kind of put so much doubt in your mind uh, that then she went back and I think then then apologized and said, oh my gosh, but, but it's, it's crazy that they actually do that to, to people. Like it's, yeah. it's, well, it's interesting. when I graduated chiropractic college, I was almost angry at the profession. Like I was just, yeah, it was not good when I graduated. Like there was a piece of me that almost didn't even want to practice in the beginning because I was yeah. just Oh, <laughs> well, I, and, and for me, when I, it took me a few times to, to do my board exams and, and the, the reason it did was I think the first couple times I took the, the, the Canadian board exams, I, I got furious during the exam and I'm like, why are they asking these questions? Cause these are totally irrelevant and they still are like, <laughs> I've been in practice for 20 years. They were all totally irrelevant, not, not all of them, but like a huge percentage of them were totally irrelevant for practicing chiropractic. In Canada, especially, like in the, at least like in the United States, a lot of the, you know, the guys that graduated could still, they would still, they'd stand for blood work or they had kind of a bigger scope, but in, in, in Canada, which is kind of nice at the time where it's just basically chiropractic, but I was just, yeah, I was, I just got mad and I had to get over that. And so students out there, this is just a little heads up. Don't get so angry. Just do what you need to do to practice so that you can get out and, and learn. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, you can tell yourself that. Cause I remember being that student being like, Oh, just jump through this hoop, just jump through this hoop, but still just being so angry. And I mean, I wish I'd met Brandy back then and the transformers and all that stuff back then. Cause it would have been different, but uh, it is what it is. Everything happens for a reason. And actually you still, you're only out five years. And so you're all, you're way ahead of me. So so you're doing, you're doing awesome. So that brings me to the next thing. So right off the bat, you went, did you, you went home, obviously you went back home to Nova Scotia and did you open your practice on your own or did you associate or how did you start into practice? Well, I actually intended on coming back and buying a practice. Um, I had been talking with a lady. She was 89 years old and still in practice. Um, wow. That's awesome. Um, she was a Logan basic practitioner, she was a sweet lady. And we had a couple of conversations and I came back and was just like, look, like, this is how I believe that practice should be. This is like my vision. This is what I like. All, this is what I know chiropractic to be. And this is how I want my practice to go. And she was like, I love it. This is fantastic. It's beautiful. It's great. And then I started observing with her for six weeks and it's not how her practice was. Her practice was a hundred percent pain based. And I was like, I 
can't put money down to buy a practice. She's like, I know, but that's where I want the practice to go. I'm like, yeah, but the chances of people staying under my care when it's not what I do, I just didn't think it was going to work. So we just politely separated ways. Like there was no hard feelings. Um, and I had fallen in love with CrossFit at the same time. Um, and that's kind of where I was like, well, I'm so angry with chiropractic. I'm just going to do both. So I decided I was going to open a gym thinking I was buying a practice. And then I'd already dedicated to opening this gym. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take one of the rooms in the front of the gym and it's going to be my practice. And I'm going to open the gym. I'm going to do both. And I'm just going to rock. <laughs> Which was great. Like that was the plan. Like I was ready to work like 18 hours a day, no problem. And then two weeks later I got pregnant. So oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in it. So I hadn't actually intended in keeping the practice. Like my practice was like maybe 250 square feet. Like it was itty bitty. It was one room. Right. Uh, and then I wasn't going to keep it there for long. I was going to move it out and make it bigger. But when I was like, well, I have no idea what's going to happen with this baby. So I was like, well, I'm going to stay here until the baby's born and we can figure out what's going on. Um, so about nine months after my daughter was born, I did move into a new location and struggled to work trying to build an office, build a gym, take care of a baby. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then when she was 18 months old, I got pregnant again. And at that point I looked at my husband I was like something's gonna give I was like I I just my body can't keep up with this I mean I was literally like waking my daughter up out of her cradle at five o'clock in the morning putting her in the car seat taking her to the gym coaching CrossFit while I was breastfeeding to then put her back in the car seat while I would see people in the office like oh it was an absolute gong show like I look back now and I'm like how did I do that um but yeah so when my second child came along uh, when he was three months old I sold the gym And then I realized just how much energy it had been sucking out of me Um, because within a year I doubled my practice just without even changing anything other than not having that side distraction. Yes. Um, And then, so I did that and then I felt like I was plateauing and that's about around when I started listening to Brandy's stuff and reading her stuff on Facebook and then meeting you guys. So. Well, that's funny. I, I always go, before we get into that, I like to talk back to all these chiropractic moms out there. Yes. First, like at first I'm like, like they're amazing, like all the stuff they can do. But then the more I interview them, I'm like, you guys are like, like killing yourself. <laughs> I, I know it's like, like listening to, to moms that are like breastfeeding and taking two day, two, two weeks off. And, and, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, goodness. Both of them. yeah. So I think, I, I love the spirit of it, but we also want to warn people out there. You still got to look after yourself, right? Because if you totally annihilate your health, it's hard to look after not only your, your practice members, but your family and everyone else that you care about. Right. Yeah. And the crash definitely came. So, <laughs> so let's just, let's get to this advice right now. Um, we had this question in our, in our vitality shift uh, group, but um, for, for female chiropractors out there who are having, who are pregnant what kind of advice would you have for them for uh, getting back to practice? <laughs> well, um, I think and I guess I, it's individual too, right? So it is. Yeah. So I actually, I didn't hate the second time I came back after two weeks. Like that actually didn't bother me because I had phenomenal staff. Um, I have an office manager and two CAs. Um, at the time I only had one CA And so my office manager didn't usually work at the same time, but she agreed that she would come in and help. And so for the first three months, um, my son was born, 
or after my son was born, she actually came in and helped and literally like I would breastfeed and then hand him off and they would like rock him and play with him and take care of him and change his diaper. And they would do everything with him except for obviously the breastfeeding part. And so it made it very easy to come back and still feel like I had a very good connection with my son. Um, It's made it actually very easy for him to go to just about anybody because we'll start from was two weeks old. He could. It's always socialization, right? Socializing them. Exactly. So for that one, I actually didn't mind it. It was a lot harder when there was nobody to help. So with right. my daughter, like I didn't even have a CA and it was just me. Um, so that was more stressful. I would recommend taking a little bit more time for most people, but I'm a pretty like hit the ground running kind of person. So yeah. So it kind of depends on your values and your personality and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. I really think it does. And it all depends on your support system. Um, and like my office manager said, like they loved it. Like they just brought two shirts to work because they knew they were going to get puked on every day <laughs> and it didn't bother them. But you like some women out there, if you have stuff, that may not be their thing. So if you know in advance, like then you can't kind of push that on them. Like that's not like, that was one of my interview questions and I could probably get in a lot of trouble when I was hiring my CA. I was like, do you like kids? Cause I'm about to have another one and you better like them. <laughs> do you get upset if someone throws up on your shirt? <laughs> those are great scenario questions, right? For, uh, for hiring those CAs. Yeah. So, so um, you said about that time, that's when you, you kind of heard about Brandy. How, how did you hear about Brandy? I honestly don't remember. I think it might've been back in the day when like Facebook used to shoot things out to people. So like, because I had chiropractic as a like, and Brandy maybe had it somewhere. I honestly don't remember how I started following Brandy's Facebook feeds, but I did. Um, and I followed them for about, I'm going to say probably eight or nine months. And I was on the Nova Scotia Chiropractic Council. Um, yeah, so I did that too. Yeah. Um, I was on that for two years. And part of our mandate was to do our annual AGM and we do CE days with that. And they're like, well, who's going to help take care of the AGM? I was like, well, I guess I'll help with that. And they're like, well, what are, who are the speakers? Like, let's bring Brandy. Um, <laughs> and I basically called Brandy before they even said it was okay. And uh, so I was like, uh, Brandy says she's already coming. And they're like, oh, okay, so Brandy's coming. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission, I guess, right? <laughs> my philosophy in life on everything. <laughs> Um, that's cool. Yeah, so, so she came and that's when you got to see her kind of live in person for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And then how long after that was it till you joined the shift? Like two weeks. Oh, two weeks. So it was yeah, like- you guys had, you hadn't even released it yet. So you had done your beta testing in, I think it was like May and then yeah. you released it for the first time in September and she was here two weeks before you guys actually released it. And so I, yeah, I bought it right away. So that's pretty cool. Cause that's only like a year and a month ago. <laughs> Wow, that feels like so much longer ago. I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, so, um, so, tell us a little bit about um, kind of where where at that point when you first started doing the shift, where were you kind of struggling in practice? Um, I would say the biggest thing for me for the shift where the struggle was is I knew that every single time you adjust somebody, you change who they are, you change their ability to heal, you are able to do that, but I wasn't able to show people that. And I wasn't able to truly communicate to their values and why, because I'm learning very quickly in practice that very, very few people actually value their health. Um, It's a very low priority. Um, And so it's like, okay, well, if I can't get people to value their health, how am I going to build a 
business. And so just hearing Brandy talk about all that stuff about how to communicate and how to talk to people, um, it just really resonated with me. And then also the testing that she did, I'm like, oh my goodness, to be able to open people's eyes to, it's so much more than their pain. And my goodness, middle Myers, I like, I don't need to be there for that, but I just love being there for that and watching people's faces when they open their eyes and they're like, (laughs) so next question, do you think that that's good? No, great. You get your report visit and we'll go over it then. Like, it just, it works every time. Yeah, that's hilarious. What well, and it's such a, like they say you can tell people stuff, um, you know, and some of it might stick. But if you if you if you have them experience stuff, yeah, like they say that you like you can't fake that stuff. Like that's that is that's the way your brain is communicating to your body, and that's a demonstration. Yeah, and just like, do you think that's healthy? No. Okay, great. Let's have a conversation about that when you come back. Um, yeah, I've been able to just say so much less in the beginning now. And I'm just like, yeah, we're just going to put you through your tests and we'll talk about them later. And it just opens their eyes into everything. And that was really what I was looking for. And since I started with the shift, I mean, in less than, what was it? September, October, November, December. And in four months, I doubled my practice just yeah. from being able to communicate what I already knew better. And then also being able to show people. That's cool. Yeah. And again, that was pretty exciting to see you, you totally get that, that big first growth phase. And, and then what we found, what I found interesting, which we'll talk about too, is I've experienced this as well. Um, you might've started getting some success and then not really valuing or, or, or not feeling you're worthy of it. Maybe. Yeah, I would say there was a bit of that. And then there was a bit of just the whole crash, burn and freeze. Right. Um, just, just explain that a little bit. So with me, um, like I said, I doubled the practice. And then I was also dealing with some issues with my son who was like wicked teething head. I don't know if you want to call it getting spoiled or whatever, but he got to that point where he wouldn't sleep unless we were literally walking with wow. him, like holding on to him. And like, you couldn't even lay down with him. Like he would scream like a banshee if you just weren't walking. And that was like three weeks. And my husband and I looked at each other. We're like, we're done. Like we can barely function. And so we had to let him cry it out one night, just holding on to him in bed. But by that time, the damage had already been done. And so we, the whole house got a wicked flu, literally took us out of the office for, well, me for a week, my husband for two, my daughter, like we was literally like my turn to puke, hold the baby, my turn to puke, hold the baby. Like, it was, Oh no. Oh yeah. It was, it was terrible. And so when that happened, I was so scared of being so over exhausted and tired again. And because it happened at the same time that the office doubled, I, there's a piece of me that's like, well, maybe I can't see that many people or I'm just, I'm going to get sick all the time. And so I just like, I felt my entire physiology and everything just freeze. I did no more marketing. I did nothing. And then like the practice just slowly went backwards. And so that fear set in where I'm like, well, I can't, like I've set up things and my finances are around how it's running now. Like I can't go backwards, but yet I was slowly going backwards and I was like, oh, this is so not good. And then you guys introduced the Vitality Engine and I was like, okay, like help me, what's going on? And sure enough, one of the talks that Brandy did was like, well, are you in a free situation? And as soon as she said the words, I was like, absolutely. I'm completely frozen with fear right now and then just needed to start doing some of the stuff I had been doing before again because I had just literally stopped but also doing some other better smarter things that we talked about in the end of. cool and, and can you share some of those just for people out there because you know 
there'll be people out there who are in that free state. And we, we talk this all the time. We're seeing chiropractors around and they kind of get in that, that fear starts to overtake them. And so maybe just give an example of some of the, the mindset shifts or some of the things that you did to kind of get out of there. Yeah. So I'd say the biggest thing, um, and it came from our very first call with Brandy and you when we did the engine, which was, okay, well, what are you going to do on a weekly basis? And I was like, started rhyming things off. And Brandy's like, that's a lot. And I stopped and was like, right. Like, that's what I do. I go way overboard and then hit that plateau, make myself sick and then freeze again. So just picking three consistent things that are boring as all get out, but things that I know I can manageably do every single week. So for me, what it is, is I go through my entire week of adjusting who's on the schedule every, like at the very first day. And I pick who can I give coupons to for family and loved ones. Someone who hasn't had one in a while or someone who's been talking about somebody in their life they'd like to see under care. And it's like, okay, I am going to make sure that by the end of the week, I give one of these coupons to all those people. Uh, The second one is corporate talks. So anybody who I know that potentially would be interested in a corporate talk, I give out at least two of those packages to people in the office a week. And I'm really polite about it. Like I'll say, Hey, I have no idea if you're interested in this, but this is just something that we do. And if you're not, and you're like, I just want to come get my care here. I'm like, that's totally fine. You take it. If you don't want it, just tell me and we're done with it. And no one's ever been offended by that. Um, yeah, totally. And then the third one is making at least one external, well, like cold call or email or community connection every week, whether it be to a massage therapist or someone in the community. Um, and just making sure that I'm kind of keeping face with those people and talking to them or inviting them to different events that we're doing. And that you st- just doing those three things have been so easy and I've seen the practice come right back up to where it was again in four months. Well, and I think this was a great example. Um, I think you said that, didn't you, you had to do it for eight weeks first before you saw any, any improvement. Yes. Yeah. Cause, so this is a huge thing for people because they don't do it long enough and they oh, say, I did that for one week and it didn't make a difference in my practice. But, but I think it was yeah. eight weeks, wasn't it? It was at least eight weeks. And there was a piece of me that kind of got that fear mentality because I was like, well, everybody else in the engine's talking about how like their practice is doubling already. And I'm like, that's not me. But then now it's actually been like a sustained constant increase all the time. Like I used to fear like, I don't have any new people for like at all booked out at all. And now it's a consistent, like four to five new people a week, every single week come in. Do they all start? No, not necessarily, but at least it's a consistent influx and it's just a little bit of work. It doesn't seem like a daunting task to go out and have to find like a bazillion new people. Well, and like Randy said, she talks about all the time, how uh, that why that's decreases your stress. So if you have one new patient or new practice member in a week and they don't accept care, that's super stressful. But if you have like six or seven and one doesn't accept care, it's like, okay, like, let's just keep going. No problem. It's okay. <laughs> it's so much easier when people come in and say like, you know what? I think I'm going to stop care. And you're like, okay. Like, let's have a conversation about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Okay. You know that this is possibly what's going to happen. Like, this is where you were. This is the things that you haven't actually changed in life. So this is like, my job is to tell you and be your educator as to what's most likely going to happen. Yeah. Some say, oh, you know what? I will stay. Some say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go. Okay, great. Here's a hug. See you later. We're, we're open when you're back as opposed to like, no, don't leave. Yes. Right? And it's way less stressful. I call it the, the conveyor of law of cause and effect. So I'm, I'm just the, I'm just the communicator of if you do this, you can expect this. If you do that, you should be able to expect this. My job's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier way to kind of deal with that. Right. So, um, 
So the other thing I wanted to talk about then was um, a little bit about uh, you came to the Transformers Mastermind that we did in Toronto. And, um, and I wonder if you could just share a little bit of your experiences um, from that and then maybe and then some of the wins that you got from that, that process. Um, so it was a really, it was one of those things where I wasn't sure if I was going to go. I didn't like, I wanted to, but I just self-doubt, am I worth the money? Um, and I finally was just like, yep, I got to do this. I know that things have been coming really well, but I still feel like there's just something holding me back and I couldn't ever really put my finger on it. Um, Brandy had started talking with some of it with, to do with my own personal past with, uh, relationships and whatnot. And so I knew that there was something more that needed to be dug into. And so going there, I've never seen a more raw group of people. Like I was so impressed with how open everybody was in that situation. Like I never imagined that's how deep people were going to go in front of complete strangers, um, which was great. Cause now we're all, I think we're all quite close because of it. And I feel yeah. like anybody in that group anything and not feel judged and I think that's the biggest thing is like there wasn't an ounce of judgment and I was just like this is cool um and then the you had mentioned in the pre-show about the list that yeah, was yeah tell, tell a little bit of, tell people about that that we, we, our little that was our exercise we did before the before the yeah event. so Don had asked us to write a list of I think it was 75 things that we wanted to do um, so list of 75 things that we wanted to do in our lives and then pare it down to 25 and then pare it down to your top five. And then we kind of went over them at the, the transformers. And then later on, about a month later, you had asked us to look back over and see, well, how many of those actually came true? And I actually started crying because I hadn't gone back over the list and some of the things on the list were that I just wanted my husband to sporadically, romantically want to go on a getaway with me. And he's like, he is not someone that just does stuff. Like he is calculated, like he is an ant through and through. <laughs> and no joke on a Sunday night, I was like, hey, hon, want to go to Paris? And on Tuesday morning, I booked our flights to Paris and was like, holy crap, we're going to Paris in a month. And then... The other thing was, is that, and I had completely forgot I put it, was that I wanted to eat dinner under the Eiffel Tower. And I was like, just started crying because I was like, oh my gosh, like not only is my husband going to go on this random spread, like spur of the moment trip with me, which is something I've always wanted to do. I'm actually going to be able to eat supper under the Eiffel Tower. And like, I put that goal down, like, like this is ever going to happen. And then right. to actually have it come to fruition in like two months time, like just I'm going to make that freaking list every year for the rest of my life. And I'm just going to see at the end of every year what actually happened because more things have happened off that list since I wrote it than I can even like just little things. And I'm like, how is this happening? And it's just like that intention behind yeah. writing it down and putting it out there. I get it now. People have said that before and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But to see it actually happen firsthand and that, that whole Joe Dispenza thing, like just mind blown love it so much fun talk a little bit about the joe dispenza thing uh just because there might be some listeners that aren't familiar with his work okay so joe dispenza from my understanding it's been a while since i read his story but he was a chiropractor or yeah. is a chiropractor yeah got injured um did he broke his back right is that what happened yeah yeah broke his back uh doctors basically said he had no hope and he was like nuts to you guys went home and 
healed himself and is totally fine walking around no problem um so all his books are around the power of thought and the power of intention and he does it through meditation and teaching people how to meditate properly and how to make things happen just by thought alone and how if you think and have the physiology of that something's already happened that what you unconsciously do is that you make decisions in your life that will bring you towards that goal of what you want. Mm. And so that's kind of when I, um, like I'd been reading about it, but I hadn't actually started the meditation part of it until I went to London and had a really good conversation with, uh, Donald Francis from Scotland. Yeah. And he was like, hey, Donald, you'll be listening. We say, yeah, probably. Hi, Donald. <laughs> um, so we had a, good, a couple of good, really conversations about that stuff and just like intent, intent, intent. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and actually like start listening to the Joe Dispenza meditation like things. And uh, Brandy was right. They're funny as all get out, but they were. <laughs> <laughs> like to actually go into that deep meditative state and to just like, I just started thinking like, practice growth, practice growth. Like that's what I want because I know that's how I'm going to be less stressed. I'm going to be better for my family. I'm going to be helping more people in the community. Like everything about my life is about having a busy practice because I just love helping people. Like it's my top value is helping people express the best versions of themselves. Like it's been that for years. Um, so yeah, the Joe Dispenza stuff. If you really want to know how to create the future you want, look up his stuff. The specific book I started with him was um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Yes. That's a good book. So look that one up. So there you go. That's a good reference for everyone out there if you haven't listened to or, or, or seen some of his stuff. So yeah, Brandy, Brandy loves Joe. We've, we've met him. Actually, the first time we, I think we met him, Oh, we met him in, in Rome at, uh, at a Parker seminar, but we really got to spend some good time with him. Actually, in Scotland, like at uh, the Edinburgh lectures, we got to hang out with him pretty good. Okay. So that's where we really got to know him really well. Um, so, and, and it just if you feel comfortable sharing, um, what was some of the personal breakthroughs that you had um, after the Transformers that kind of helped you, helped you to afterwards? The biggest thing for me was just self-awareness. Um, like... I'm, I'm totally will open like that couple of podcasts to go about like creating an event that wasn't actually there. And Brandy tricked me into asking me a question. I was still laughing so hard when I heard that. Um, so just so you know, that was a couple of ones back. That was actually Kelty, Dr. Kelty. Yeah, that was totally me. I knew it. The second you said it, I was like, ah, <laughs> um, yeah. So really realizing how there are certain things in my life that I created the drama and I was like, Oh, that's not cool. Um, and then being able to identify that preemptively now. Um, I've also really started using my children as a mirror as to what am I behaving like. So if I can't actually see what's going on in me, I see how my kids are behaving because they are a direct reflection of me. That Every is so single, cool. Like I've, and I've tried to tell my husband that and it wasn't until I did something one day that he finally believed me. Um, <laughs> my daughter has this terrible habit of snatching things from people when she wants something without asking and I'm just like oh I know that's from me my husband's like Kelty not all their bad things come from us and like sure he went and got the book because we bought a book to go to Paris because we were supposed to go on our honeymoon nine years ago so we oh. went out, he went and picked the book up I was like oh awesome and I grabbed it from him and started going through it and he goes you're right your daughter does get that from you and I was like oh crap <laughs> so 
really just that's probably been the biggest thing and it's made my relationship with my kids so much better because I'm like okay well if they're not behaving really well right now what am I doing wow that's fostering creating this bad environment and our good to bad day ratio has completely flipped we have very very few bad days now and if we do I stop and instantly like okay where am I going wrong what am I doing that's setting this off and I know for some parents out there, that's probably going to be a touchy subject. Like, oh, well, I don't create all the bad things in my kids. And no, you probably don't create all the bad things in your kids, but you definitely have a major influence because they learn their behaviors from the people they spend the most time with. And for me, my kids are only in daycare two days a week. So they do spend the majority of the time with me. And I can see like, it's a mini me, my daughter, hundred percent. So yeah, I think that's so cool too, because I think it's, um, because the, the, getting the awareness piece up there uh, changes the whole game for everything because once you have the awareness you can do something about it right away like you don't, you almost don't need to learn the steps if you have the awareness and it's been yeah and it's been like that with everything even in the office and just with every single piece of my life i've been able to almost have like this outward inability to see things now and be able to step back, um, take the personal out of it. Like I haven't realized how many times in my life people say, well, it's not personal. And I'm like, instinctively, I'm like, I actually didn't take it personal. Like, and I always used to take everything personal. And I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with me. Like, no, we're good. So um, it's been very liberating, very stress-free. Um, I remember last Christmas, it was before last Christmas, I remember telling my husband, it was the first time in my life I could actually remember being truly joyful and happy. And I felt that way for, and it's just getting more and more. Like, I'm just, life's awesome. Like, I love my life and I never used to. And now I'm just like, it's freaking fantastic. So that's so cool. And, 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 and would you attribute most of that to, to awareness or just some mind shifts or some pattern interrupts or a little bit of everything? All of it. Um, yeah. like doing a ton of reading of the Joe Dispenza stuff. I don't know if you've heard of Brene Brown. I've been reading her stuff. Oh like, yeah. I find her stuff is a more simplistic view of kind of like the Joe Dispenza stuff. Um, yeah. it's just awareness, being able to take ownership of my faults, which also means I get to take ownership of my good stuff. Yes. Things I'd heard in the past, but weren't actually able to like get it through the skull. Um, it's amazing how you can hear things and they don't actually penetrate. And then when they finally penetrate, you're like, Oh, that's what they meant by that. That's cool. And and we all, we would often say that's a lot of stuff where we have in our mind, but we don't have it in our heart. Yes. And, and so that just gave me a thought flash. Um, I remember at the transformers and maybe you could share this with chiropractors too, because I think they'd, they'd find it very helpful. Is it, wasn't one of also on your goal list. Wasn't that about being a little more present adjuster as a chiropractor? Yes. So why don't you tell that story about talking to Dr. Peter Kevorkian about that? Because I think that was pretty cool. About getting, about, about just adjusting and how to be more present when you're adjusting someone. Well, the biggest thing that Peter gave me advice for, and I've definitely, like, it's on my wall. So if anyone that just walks in my office now, they'll see it, is learn how to breathe with the person. And learn to connect with them and then you'll be able to adjust them. And since doing that, it was actually really interesting. So when I went to Paris this last week, 
the whole conference was about how to adjust at ease and like visualize and see what you're adjusting. And I'd had these really weird moments that had been happening since the transformers where I'll go to adjust someone and I like, I can see their spine under my hand. I'm like, Oh, okay. So I just need to turn out. Oh, there we go. That was easier. And it was weird how like my brain started like reconstructing, like what the spine looked like underneath the soft tissue. And that had come from what Peter had told me about like breathe with them, connect with them. And I'd never really had that piece before. And I've been consistently in the last two to three months having people go, you're adjusting different. I'm like, different good or different bad? They're like, it's gentler. It's better. Awesome. Let's <laughs> Well, and then that, that'd be because as you're breathing with them, you're adjusting more in, with ease, right? Instead yeah, right. of in force, instead of any like, well, using less force, but more connection More precision yeah um so one of the things actually that you said just uh cued me into the transformers thing that really resonated with me and that was probably the biggest clue at when i was there like you said about in your head versus in your heart yeah when brandy walked around and actually put her hand over her heart and said now what does that feel like that was the first time i was actually able to make connections to my physiology out of my brain wow that was the transforming moment for me because um, that all that stuff that you said that had been sitting in my brain for years and years, like the knowing and this and that, finally started to sink down into my actual physiology and change from the inside out. That is cool. And so, and, and it was just that it was just that was the kind of the template to kind of get you connected. And then ha- since that point, have you been trying to like, you know, the, they say neurons that fire together, wire together. Have you been have you been practicing that to become more aware of your physiology? Yeah, I have. Um, and I'm realizing just how much stress physiology that I constantly have always had. And so one of the things I've started working with a naturopathic doctor lately, and she just took me off coffee. And amazing. Um, yep. well, I've been in my left brain, left side, yeah, for the longest time being like, I know coffee makes me jittery, makes me anxious, which makes me like, oh, all the time. And so coming off of it, I've been like really relaxed. Like it's been like, I literally like landed out of Paris and have hit the ground running. I've had something every day. Like today's been blocked since five o'clock this morning, here to here to here to here. And usually like I would just be in hysterics and I'm just like calm and dealing with it and one step at a time. And it's been really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Listening to my physiology is a, it's a, it's a tough one, but it's worth it when you actually do it. Oh man, that's so, that's great advice, man. We're proud of you. You've been doing so awesome. That's so great. <laughs> um, now I like to ask this question. I, you probably heard this on the podcast. It's my Terminator question. And so if you, if you could go back in time, everyone always makes the big eyes when I say Terminator question, but it's the movie Terminator where you can actually go back in time and talk to yourself. And so if you could go back to your back in time and even though you graduated, it was only five years ago. That's still still a ways ago or even go back when you're in high school or in college and if you could just zip back there and have a conversation with yourself and kind of almost be like a mom to yourself yeah what what kind of advice would you give your younger self um i think going back some of the things that i wish i had have been able to do was to absorb a little bit more information from school it was so it was so much that it was like memorize eject next thing memorize eject next thing um since i've been going back and working with like michael hall stuff i'm like oh that neurology i wish that was like that foundation was still there um so maybe to but i wouldn't have known so 
to have been able to know which classes would have been really good to know and keep the information better and um, just not be so angry. I was so angry coming out of school. Um, I know I come by it honestly. <laughs> Relationship history, like come by it honestly. But um, if I could have just been a little bit less angry, I probably wouldn't have had to crash so hard before I got to rise. Because um, rising is a lot of fun and it makes life easier when you succeed. Right. And I was just getting in my own way. So. Cool. And, 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 and if you have like any chiropractors out there that might be in school, like, or chiropractors to be students, cause we do have quite a few listening, what kind of advice would you have for students out there that are, that are plugging through the classes? Um, go to as many adjusting technique seminars as you can right now, because they're cheap. They get expensive when you graduate. Yeah. <laughs> Nine times out of 10, most of them come to you. So you don't even have to travel that far um, because most campuses tend to bring in the big shot guys from. So even if you're like, eh, I don't want to adjust like that, just go and learn. Like you can't have enough tools in your toolbox to adjust people um, because for example, I'll use Thompson. For example, I did a lot of Thompson, but you got someone who comes in with one leg, there goes Thompson. So you don't <laughs> have another like a tool in your tool belt to be able to know where you want to adjust and how you want to adjust. Um, cause that's the biggest thing. Like you can preach chiropractic. I hate using that word, but you can talk chiropractic all you want to people, but if you can't even deliver the goods, yeah. you're not going to do that great in practice. So be a really phenomenal adjuster coming out of school if you can. Cool. I think that's good. We've, we've been saying that too. It's just, if you, that's the main thing. If you can get out of school is just know how to adjust like a, like a, like a ninja. And then, and then, and then when you graduate now, you got to learn about all the other stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. Like one of the things that my chiropractor, when I went to school said to me, he's like, A's and B's make good researchers. C's and D's make great DC's. Right. You don't need to have top grades to be a good chiropractor. Right. Well, and again, I think there's been a lot of people who are valedictorians and, and high grades that aren't even in chiropractors anymore, right? We've all known that from our classes where they don't, and it's hard because you have to have that balance between uh, good hands, a good mind, and, and, a, and a good people person, right? So you need to have that trifecta of, uh, of skills in order to be a great chiropractor. So I just want to thank you for being on the podcast. Thank, thank you. you so much. And, and I always like to, uh, for the last few minutes, just kind of have you say your parting words of wisdom to the chiropractor, the, the underdog nation out there who, you know, either feels like an underdog might be a little stagnant, might be in freeze. They might be in a free state or, uh, you know, we would call it driving to work and just want to get a little jazzed up for work. So what kind of, what kind of parting words do you have for our listeners? Um, I think I resonate more with the freeze slash underdog people just because like take that one step as much as it scares the living bejeebers out of you, what's the worst that's going to happen? If some, if you call someone, they're going to say no. Like, it's not personal. It's just take that one step that you've been scared to do because every single time I take that one step that I think is just so overwhelming and just so scary, it has turned out to be the best thing. So just, just do it. Um, I know you've probably heard that from a million other people because I heard it from a million other people, but just do the thing that scares you because it's going to be worth it. That's great. That's it. Do the, do the thing that scares you. That'll be the, the tagline. That's the tagline for our, our podcast today. So again, we just want to say Brandy and I are so proud of you. Um, you've done tons of work. We've, we've, we've been honored to be able to work with you all this year. And we, we were looking forward to seeing what you got planned in the next few years when you, when you continue to write your next 75 list. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast. Awesome. I appreciate it. So everybody out there, do something that scares you and that will help you get out there and crush the curse. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you receive value from this episode, please take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. If you know a fellow chiropractor that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. Because it's my goal to provide you with great content, please contact me if you have any questions at drdonmcdonald.com or find me on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.